Good evening and welcome back to the show. This is Darkness Radio, your home for the best in paranormal talk radio, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. till midnight. We explore the strange and unusual world around us and a focus to the true crime aspect of the world. We do that every Tuesday night here on Darkness Radio. We've got something brewing, Tim, that's going to bring a little bit more Darkness Radio to the world. Yeah. In the next couple of months. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty, pretty bubbling, pretty exciting. Yep. Not a whole lot more Darkness no, Radio, but maybe know. an extra two hours a week. Just a taste. Just a little bit of a, you know, a little ping pow. Yeah. So we'll be, we're, we're working diligently towards that goal, and uh, we can't really give you more information nope. uh, right now, but we are working on it. It is a pretty major opportunity, and we'll be bringing Darkness Radio and our True Crime Tuesday shows to a larger scale audience. So uh, it'll be different uh, than, than what you hear on our show here, but it is still Darkness Radio under our umbrella. And uh, But we're, we're excited. There's Absolutely. Very cool opportunities popping out there, kids. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. We'll let you know as those come down. As a matter of fact, talking about opportunities, I, I want to keep mentioning this, and I'm getting emails every day about it. I'm going to be going back to England in 2017. We're going to be doing a tour of haunted and paranormal England. We'll be hitting castles. As a matter of fact, um, one of the places we're trying to acquire is the the location that they used for Hogwarts. Really? In the, uh, yes, in the uh, uh, you know the uh, that movie series that was so popular that that oh, all the kids yeah, liked. The, yeah, uh, what's that? The Hunger Games, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Hunger yeah, Games. Yeah, Hunger Games sure. at Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're working on that. We've also got uh, part of the trip will be embroiled in Dracula mythos. Uh, we'll be visiting ghosts and graveyards and so much cool stuff. And there will be investigations of at least two, but it looks like three major hotspots in England. We'll get an opportunity to investigate. If you're interested in being a part of that tour with us in 2017, email me. And as soon as we get all the information and all of the pricing situated, I will make sure that you're all the first to get emailed about this before we open it up to the public. Because this will be limited to about 25 to 30 people. We'll cap it off at that so that we can have a nice intimate affair. If you want to be a part of that, email me now, dave at darknessradio.com, dave at darknessradio.com. And as soon as we are ready to announce it and prices, you will be the first to be able to go in and purchase. So go check that out. One other quick little aside. Tim and I are going to be doing our event here in September in the Palmer House Hotel, Sock Center, Minnesota. It's a weekend of ghost hunting, kind of a one-on-one on the paranormal. We'll go everything we can on photography, EVP, why we hunt ghosts, what are ghosts. We'll cover all of that over a weekend, and we'll have a great time. Two nights of investigating. You can do just a one-day event, or you can book it for the entire weekend. And you can choose either Friday, Saturday, or the whole enchilada. And if you want to check out more information on that, go to Darkness Events. Dot com darknessevents.com that's in September and for those of you traveling out to Michigan I'll see you at the end of the month at the I think 7th or 8th annual Michigan Paracon this I think year it's 7th yeah, yeah so this is going to be pretty exciting a lot of great guests on hand we're going to be out there uh and uh and I'll be hanging out so I'd love for you guys to come on out and visit with me uh this year and check that out all right we're back with the show now our guest for the evening is the Reverend Jesus Pion and he is an actor he is a boxer he is a uh, president candidate on the independent ticket, um, and he's talking to us about his experiences and beliefs in the paranormal. I, I know I want to get into the demonic aspect that you've faced, um, and again, as a reverend and as a layman investigating the claims of the paranormal, Jesus, but I'd also like to ask you real quickly, if you were able to attain the position of president of the United States, okay. where would your position be on the supernatural and and releasing information to the public 
if you go in and find out that there really is something dark or malevolent going on and that the, the government is aware of it, would you still push to let the people know that there this is going on, even if you understand that it could cause panic and uh, and issues? Do you, what do you think is more important, the truth or maintaining the peace? Well, I think that it is definitely not a either-or situation. Okay. Um, like, for one, you know, national security is national security. And if we're dealing with a, you know, a, a situation with, say, the horrible alien, you know, situation, and there is, a, a, you know, bad things happening, possible war coming, I wouldn't go out and be like, everybody, it's time to run, we're going to war! I, it would be, of course, more just an introduction. Yes, this is real. We're looking into it. We will, you know, disseminate as much information to the public as possible as we find out more about what these creatures are, what their intentions are, and uh, how to avoid, you know, you know, dealing, you know, or how, what you need to do when, if you have to uh, experience anything with these these beings. What you should not do as well. So it would depend, like I said, just depends on which situation we're talking about. We're talking about Bigfoots. We were talking about ghosts, you know, or aliens. And any of those three topics, uh, you know, people are going to get all freaked out one way or another. But I think that America is uh, big enough uh, to accept the reality because the majority of the stuff that we're talking about is mainstream now and not so, uh, you know, World of the Worlds era uh, where everybody's just going to run down the streets panicking. Um, the, the rest of the, the world already, you know, all their governments have admitted that UFOs are real, <laughs> that, that all that exists. And we're here in America still, you know, with our ear, hands over our ears going, la, 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 you know? Right. Uh, so it's, it's I just think but, but it could be. Up, and there's a, a certain extent to what, you know, you do divulge that could, you know, possibly, you know, cause a lot of, you know, panic or, you know, give away too much information. All right. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break again. We'll dump in, come right back, and we'll talk about your encounters with the dark side of the paranormal when we return to Darkness Radio. We're back. This is Darkness Radio. Joined by the Reverend Jesus Pion, and he's also talking to us about his experiences in the paranormal. We'll also dabble throughout the uh, talk uh, this evening about his aspirations uh, to be president. Uh, you are on a, on the independent ticket, is that correct? Yes, sir. How does that work? I'm just curious. Again, I'm not a big political guy, uh, but but how do you run for president and get on an independent ticket? Does it go across the United States, or really are you just showing up in the states uh, out in your area? Well, um, I've run every election since 2008. Um, I always run as Democrat. This year I had a start off as Democrat. I didn't want to, but everybody that was said they're going to support me said that I needed to pick one or the other, Democrat or Republican. And I went with Democrat and didn't get the support that they thought. <laughs> and I uh, saw where the Democratic Party and the Republican Party was going with, uh, you know, Hillary and uh, and Trump uh, in the lead. So I decided, you know, I would rather run independent and not conform to, you know, either side and uh, be able to... Do more, do more than that. Yeah, being picking one of those allows you because they they want you to stay within the realm of you know that party. 
And once you're on these independent t- tickets and, and getting it out there, what do you do to to get the name out? I mean, it, you understand it's a it's a money game. The the political parties are going to take from the the Democratic or, or uh, Republican parties because you know they're paying their way through this and and keeping the names out there. Isn't it frustrating to put yourself in a political situation where you know it's probably a no win situation every time? Almost definitely. Um, but the way I look at it is, one, like, okay, I'm already on TV and movies and stuff, and anytime I want to talk about stuff, the news, local news stations here in New Mexico were happy to give me interviews and all that stuff, but as soon as I we talked about running for president, it's just crickets, cut me out. I made papers, local papers, stuff like that. Um, my, my issue really is that um, my rights as a citizen have been stomped on so much, and it's affected my whole life. In a major way, even though I'm blessed in other work, you know, other realms, you know, such as acting and whatnot, uh, in public, I'm just another dude, you know. Unless you know who I am, yeah, I'm not that special. Uh, so, um, yeah, I got tired of it, and I got tired of having to go to court and fight false charges, and you know, that are all, you know, stem from you know racism and a bunch of horrible stuff. Um, I got, I, I went to get help. I went to my, you know, to my uh, district attorney. I went to, you know, all these different things, and when they wouldn't help me. And just stopped at me. Uh, yeah, I was like, well, I'm not going to put up with this. I see too too much of this happening. And then what's going on with the the police? You know, I helped uh, teach law enforcement. I'm a former uh, detention uh, federal detention officer as well, and I was helping uh, teach uh, the, uh, de- uh, crisis de-escalation for you know officers that were you know getting in situations where they were too violent or shot people. And yeah, I dealt with it. I've had guns put to my head uh, for no reason. <laughs> Again, pulled over, you know, uh, for 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 no reason. Uh, just really, you know, took chunks out of my life and cost me thousands of dollars uh, for absolutely no reason. So I decided that I was going to stand up. I speak in lots of schools and uh, do motiv- motivational speaking to the children. And I believe that by me standing up, even though it's a complete just. I know I'm not going to win. I know nobody's going to give me money to to run. You know, I, I I've run my whole campaign on four hundred dollars so far, and uh, yeah. But you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there that have given up, that don't even vote, that think that they don't matter because they've been treated like crap and their rights have been stomped on. I want to show them that even though the same things happen to me and it continually happens to me, uh, I'm not going to get violent. I'm not going to go marching in the streets, even though it's not a bad thing. But it's not helping anything. It's just making matters worse and giving cops more reasons to mace us and arrest us and, you know, violence to, to occur. So I am fighting back by saying, you know what, I'm willing to stand up and fight for our rights, for our country. And uh, I know what's going on is not right, and I do know how to fix a lot of it and a whole bunch of it, uh, even though it's, you know, not going to happen, sadly. Uh, even though, you know, you said I'm being cut out of uh, the media. I'm still going to go, keep on going until the day that the next president, you know, inaugurated, and then I'm going to run again. Uh, just to inspire people, if, if if anything, use my platform to spread knowledge, spread positive, uh, you know, words to the people. Well, that's a great way to use uh, an opportunity for a presidency to spread positive messages and. Uh, that's something different. That's something we could all use in the real market. So, uh, thank you for for what you do. I mean, it's great that even though you you understand it's a Davy uh, David versus Goliath in this case, um, or mega Goliaths, you're you're actually trying to do something more to inspire people to to make changes, and it comes from within. Let's um, let's dip back into the the paranormal aspect. Uh, you are a reverend, and before that, you were a paranormal investigator and researcher. 
Talk to me about um, some of the the instances where you've come up against what you believe to be true evil, not just a, a mad ghost, but real dark evil entities. Okay, um, this would be right before nine eleven happened, and um, it was me and my friend uh, Michael Carrillo, and I had just bought a fifth wheel, and this was before I was uh, I would even consider myself a researcher. I was still at the time just an experiencer would always be dealing with these strange things. So I had bought a fifth wheel, and I did tattoos, you know, I do tattoos, so I, I never had the conventional job. <clears throat> it's been years since I had a conventional job, uh, nine to five. So I always had, you know, lots of free time, and just living like a hippie. But, uh, yeah, we bought this fifth, fifth wheel, and his grandfather owned a piece of property in Tularosa, New Mexico, and uh, that's where... Uh, Apache reservation is, and this is all Apache lands that was, you know, taken from them. So a lot of death happened here, and and, and, and the Spanish, you know, coming down here and causing all kinds of drama. So <clears throat> his grandfather, he owned an old Dolby house on the property, and it was, you know, abandoned. Uh, there was, like, windows that had no windows in them, and it was, all, it was built, the house was built, like, in 1890-something, you know, out of the Dolby. So he tells us, you know, that we could put our, our fifth one behind the house. And, you know, we're just being, you know, wise guy youngsters. And he tells us, uh, but whatever you do, and, he, and at the time he was like 94, little old, little old man, just tiny little thing, you know, when wind was too strong, he would be, you know, flying away. He was a little guy. And, but he was, he, was, he was so frail. And he says, uh, whatever you guys do, don't go in the house on full moons. The screaming lady will get you. And we're like, okay, Grandpa, you know, <laughs> crazy, crazy old guy, the sure. screaming lady, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, full moon comes, a few, you know, a few weeks later, and uh, sure enough, we're sitting in the little fifth wheel, you know, you know, hanging out, and we hear this screaming. It sounds like you know, a woman screaming bloody murder. And we get out of the, you know, we get out of the the, the trailer, and it's coming from inside that the Dolby building, and uh, you know. We have flashlights, we're flashing, you know, to the windows, and we can't see nothing, but we just, the screaming is just going on. So we promptly go back into the fifth wheel and turn on the music as loud as possible. And uh, we uh, we would go to Riodoso, uh, it's about maybe 45 minutes from Tularosa, and we would go to furniture stores, and they'd have outdated furniture that they'd give us to haul away. But instead, we would go have uh, furniture yard sales. So we, one day, uh, we would always uh, make sure that on full moons, we would shut down everything before it got dark and ha- we'd move all the furniture and carpet we'd sell into that house. You know, the little latch front door, wooden door. And uh, we're on this, this three, three full moons later, and every full moon the screaming would happen. Ah, how crazy. And uh, on this third one, we were selling our furniture. And people just kept on coming and buying furniture and buying carpet and they wouldn't stop coming and it's getting later and later. We're like, oh, man, it's getting later. It's going to be sunset soon. Oh, boy. And the people wouldn't stop coming. And, of course, money. Uh, <laughs> we're just like, all right, keep on coming. You know, it's next month. We already made like $700 in that day. And, wow. uh, you know, hey, we, were, we weren't stopping. We're like, keep it going. And But the sun started setting, and we're starting to get freaked out now because it's full moon. And uh, people keep on coming. And finally, we're just like, all right, we're done. We're closed. we got to put this stuff away. And it was already becoming uh, uh, dusk. And we're shoving everything in the house off, trying to go quick as heck as we can. And uh, when you walk into the front door, to your immediate left is a bedroom. 
with no windows, and uh, there's a hole in the floor, and it's a really deep hole. I don't know if it was a, it used to be a well there or something, but the wood floor was torn open, and there's just a deep hole. I could you throw a rock, and you won't, you don't hear it hit. Uh, so it was, it was it was really creepy. So you know we don't ever go in that room, but there's a right. door. It's just an open uh, doorway. So we're locking everything up, locking everything up, and my friend he turns to uh, the doorway to to do the latch, and he says it won't let him latch it. He's trying to latch it, and it won't latch, and he's like kind of freaking out. And to my right, uh, the, inside the house was like a deep dark blue now because it was getting dark. Um, to my right, out of that room comes this little four foot tall would look like. Um, do you remember the movie Beetlejuice? Yeah, of course. Okay, do you remember that weird, big, black-eyed uh, reverend that's trying to marry the, trying to marry Beetlejuice? Okay, sure, yep. Look just like that, but all white, not wearing a suit. Uh, same shaped head, everything. And it's just looking at me and tilts its head, and I tell my friend, dude, forget the door. I was like, whatever you do, do not look to the right. Just go to the left, run out, run. And he looks to the right and sees it. He screams, pushes me out of the way, and uh, heads back you know, to the, to the back of the door. And I follow him right after, and we pass through the living room, and there is a door between the living room and the next room. I slammed the door behind me, and whatever that thing was slammed into the door. Wham, you know? And uh, we run out, and we jump and do a tuck and roll into the grass and run to the trailer, and this little thing floats up to a... I guess in the old, the old days, they had these long, skinny windows at the top of the wall to let in light, but people can't break in, you know, can't sneak in because they're so short and or, you know, little... But uh, it floated up there. Because it was, like I said, it was about four feet tall, and that, that uh, veranda, whatever you want to call it, was at least seven, at least six and a half feet high on the wall. So it either climbed up a little ghost ladder or it floated up there. But it was looking out at us and uh, started the screaming thing. And, you know, we went in the fifth floor, closed, you know, locked it up. And uh, we had just, because we had made so much money that day, we bought brand new batteries for the boom boxes and everything. So, um, yeah, we had everything we needed. Um, didn't need to go outside. But uh, the screaming kept happening, and then it started shaking our little fifth wheel, shaking it and scre- like Freddy Krueger, you know, when he'd walk by and he'd scrape the walls. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> it was doing that around our little fifth wheel, scraping the sides and shaking the trailer, and we're, we're, we're freaking out, you know, at this point. <laughs> and um, all the, the, the power goes out. All the, the batteries in my, my boom box, they're brand new 6D batteries. We had just bought it lunchtime because we had, you know, money. And, uh, yeah, everything just went, went quiet. And I'm, I'm going I'm to be brutally honest with you what happened that night. Um, you know, I'm not worried about, you know, oh, what people are going to think. I'm just telling you all the truth, what I experienced. So I, I, am a, I rap as well, and I started to rap and sing whatever we could remember together but so we didn't have to hear the ah screech 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 shake shake the whole trailer you know uh we're doing whatever we could to make noise so we didn't have to hear it because it was really you know scary stuff and uh yeah we we there was a big old bottle of vodka we had in the in the trailer and i was like dude shoot i'm taking a shot i it was nuts i can't deal with this so we're taking shots of, of vodka right and, you know, we're singing songs, you know, we, we did hundreds of bottles of beer in a while, whatever we could think of, row, row, row. Right, know. anything to just hide that noise. Yeah, and it, and it was constant. It would not stop. That's what was so scary. You know, you have to, you feel it shaking the damn little fifth wheel. It wasn't windy or nothing. And then the scraping against the, the metal outside on the, on the fifth wheel and then the screaming. Um, it's like it was like in three places at once doing all this. 
And um, we get pretty buzzed. This is, like I said, in 2000. So this is a, a while ago. And, uh, yeah, I'm buzzed now. And I tell, I tell my friend, I was like, man, I was, uh, I've seen the, 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 the TV specials and the movies. Ghosts peed off our fear, you know? Right. And he's like, yeah, that's, yeah, they peed off our fear. I'm like, yeah. I was like, you know what? So we kind of scared of this thing. You know, I'm, I got, you know, been drinking uh, courage, you know, liquid courage. Somehow I'm all brave, but uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go outside. I gotta pee anyway. That's right. I'm gonna go outside and pee on the ghost. Just being stupid. We're just being, you know, crazy guys. Right. You were EVPing. And, I got you. And uh, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, let's go. So we're outside and we're, you know, using the bathroom and he's screaming and uh, I, I screamed. So I went, oh, ooh, you can scream. That's so amazing. Ooh, just mocking, mocking it. You know, it was like uh, uh, the way. Uh, um, on Ghost Adventures, when, when he would do it, you know, when he first started doing the show and mock, you know, mock the ghost, piss him off. So I, I, I'm, do, I'm mocking him still. And now over here to our left, where um, my friend Michael's dad used the backhoe to move stuff out the way to put our fifth wheel, so there's a bunch of tin and just you know, a bunch of junk, right, metal junk and stuff. Well, whatever it was, it made the it sounded like a sledgehammer hitting it, wham, 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 all loud. And, you know, I'm still just being, you know, dumb. And I'm like, oh, you can make noises. Ooh, that's so scary. And and were you using little, that voice? Yeah, I was, being, <laughs> I was doing it just like that. I am not okay. So <laughs> my friends to the left of me, we're still, you know, you know, peeing. And um, all this is happening while we're using the bathroom. And all of a sudden I hear this, like, a, 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 like a whoosh, whoosh. Like you know, uh, like a swinging a bat real fast, right? Know? And then I hear whack, and my friend's gone, and I'm like, "What? What the hell?" And I look to my left behind me, and he's laying on his back now, grabbing his his, uh, his his shins, and said that it hit him. And I run up to him, and he pulls up his uh, pant legs, and it looked like somebody had a knife and went to his shins with a knife, you know. And uh, at that point, you know, reality, you know, really hit. <laughs> and, yeah. and my my buzz disappeared. My bad. And, uh, yeah, we we jumped in my my uh, at the time my Bronco my four by four and drove in circles with the bright lights and four wheel drive trying to run over a ghost. And eventually we just drove out of the property and we never went back. Well, we have to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue with our guests. Stay tuned. This is Darkness Radio. We're back here on Darkness Radio. The Reverend Jesus Pion, our guest this evening, as we discuss his experiences and travels into the paranormal, um, all of the different things that he's experienced. Now, I know you've got a lot of videos, uh, YouTube, your, your um, Bigfoot encounters and, and things like that, UFO videos. Is, this, is there a site specifically they can go to to see all of this information with you? Um, my YouTube channel is uh, Jesus Junior Twenty Twelve, so it's all one word: J E S U S J R two zero one two. Okay, and I'll try to get a link up to that on our website as well. Let me do that while we're chatting here, so that we've got it, uh, and we'll we'll pump that out one more time for people. And it's yeah, Jesus J. Interested? Oh, I'm sorry. What? J E S U S J R, and then number twelve. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay. Yeah. Special year for us minds. 
Excellent. We will uh, get the link up so our site has it and all of the great uh, evidence and videos and things that you've collected over the years are available on that site. So I'll make sure that they are up. Just go to darknessradio.com and click on the guest tab to find more information. All right. Uh, getting back in, I, I know you've got a lot of stories to tell, and again, I'm not familiar with which direction you want to necessarily take us. I've kind of hit what I've wanted to push for, but what what angles of the paranormal are are most impactful to you, and and have had do you think the most? Um, I guess I don't know what's the word I want to find here. It had the most uh, uh, grasp on on opening you up to this world around us. You know, I mean, where, where do you go with that? Well, it's, I can't really pick one because each different uh, aspect has affected my life so, so much, you know. But uh, as of late, the most I've been uh, working on is uh, Sasquatch uh, research, uh, working, you know, with doing genome projects uh, with the universities and, um, you know, all the, the research that I'm doing right now. And work, I'm, I'm working with uh, was it Jeff Meldrum, uh, Melba Keacham, um, I was on the Falcon, like I said, the Falcon uh, crew, uh, the, that project that fell through. Funding never happened in the end. Not, to me, I'm not upset about it. People throw, she made a big deal about it because uh, it, it didn't work out. But hey, we're trying. We don't have money everywhere to be funded. Um, the the Sasquatch thing I find super fascinating because, well, besides I've seen one now, is that it's right here, right next to us all. I mean, it's in every country uh, on the planet. And, yeah, I, I just recently found out that, you know, right five miles from our, our, my house here in town, we have, you know, Sasquatch activity. And these, these beams have been around for, for so long, and they're just, they're everywhere. People think that it's a rare occurrence, and it's not a rare occurrence. And uh, there's been so much uh, reports since the 1800s of bodies being found. Uh, there's bones that have been found. They don't. People just don't accept it. There's a preponderance of evidence. They just won't accept the evidence when we provide evidence. They're like, oh no, no way, no way, no way. What do you believe that these these creatures are then? When you're talking about Bigfoot, is this something that's physical and has always existed, or is it something more spiritual or alien in nature? I think uh, they've been physical and have existed as long as we have. Um, now, for the, what, you know, they're describing as the woo-woo thing and all the weird stuff that happens with Bigfoot, I can't explain that weird stuff that happens with Bigfoot, but it keeps on happening. <laughs> you know, uh, the, like, the, like, the way I look at Bigfoot is they're another version of human, a different, you know, they're, they're a fa- they could say they're our cousins. Uh, their mitochondrial DNA is coming up human, you know, in all our, our, our research that we're doing. Um, but I think because they are not just an ape, they're actual humans. They have a language. Um, they do have their own ceremonies. They have their own beliefs. Uh, I think that just like Native Americans have uh, medicine men, you know, holy men, and certain people in our society, you know, they, only certain people have certain abilities uh, that we find, you know, ridiculous or paranormal or you know, why can't they have the same situation? They've had plenty of time to practice. You know, they've gotten to watch man rise and fall, rise and fall over and over from, you know, these forests. And, uh, you know, there might be a reason why they they don't want to drive cars and, you know, use iPads. But, uh, yeah, I think they're very physical. There's some things we can't explain, just like, you know, following footprints in the snow, and then they just stop. Did they go into another dimension? Don't know. Did they get picked up by a UFO? I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> uh, but 
I don't, you know, I can't discount. Just like, you know, people are like, oh, that's just a blob squatch. That's just a fuzzy picture. I was like, well, you know what? I want you to go out and try to take a picture of a Bigfoot, and you'll see how hard it is to do that. Uh, you know, anthropologists and, you know, like Jane Goodall, they know, you know, how hard it is to, unless you, you know, get habituate some or you work with them over and over and build their trust, you won't see these animals just, you know, like, you know, willy-nilly. You, you will get little tiny glimpses of them in pictures and you zoom in and they're blurry. Uh, same thing with Bigfoot. Uh, unless you're out there looking, you're never going to see it, one. Two, you know, there's a lot of evidence that's coming out that isn't, I guess you could say, official scientific proof, but it is evidence nonetheless that we keep, you know, throwing out the, the door just because we're like, well, that's possible it could be CGI. Well, it's possible that, you know, uh, President Obama, you know, dressed up as a Bigfoot one day. But, yeah, it's possible. It doesn't mean it's going to happen or that it did happen. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make it any less real, you know. So, you know, if you discount all of the, you know, the history from Native American cultures and other indigenous cultures around the world about this creature, then, yeah, you can discount it and say it's not, it's not real, it's not believable. But for the people that actually see it, you know, a woman had a... Well, let's, we, we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear some more of the encounters you've collected and had yourself. We'll do that when we return to Darkness Radio. All right, we're back. Darkness Radio's on the air with the Reverend Jesus Pion as our guest this evening and talking with him about his uh, work in the field of, of the paranormal. Now, let's talk about some of the Bigfoot encounters that you've collected and that you've, uh, you've witnessed firsthand. <clears throat> okay, so the, I'd say the first actual visual that I had of a Sasquatch was in the uh, Caluchicai Mountains in northern New Mexico on the Navajo Reservation. Uh, I had uh, blown out my calf, some tendons got messed up, so I was uh, stuck to the vehicle. We drove out to the mountains with you know, some researchers, and uh, I had to stay in the truck while they got to, to walk off. Um, it was a, I'd say bright enough night to where I could see, I guess it'd be like a purplish, dark blue. I could see trees everywhere, you know, I could see the path in front of me, but, uh, it was real dark, of course. And they were just, the team was coming back, uh, from, you know, scouting because we, uh, had smelled horrible smells and heard some weird noises. They went out to, to investigate it. And all of a sudden, I heard uh, right, you know, a uh, like a big branch breaking, like something being stepped on, and I got to see the silhouette of of a Sasquatch running in front of the truck across the, the the trail and going to the forest to the left. And as soon as I saw that, the one of the the researchers radioed me and asked if I heard that the big uh, wood snap, you know, branch snap, whatever. I was like, yeah. I go, there's a just ran across the truck. And they all ran up, and it was gone out of sight before they got to back to camp. Uh, that was the first time I had uh, any type of visual sighting of it. And then uh, the next time, which was way up close and personal, was in uh, again northern northern Farmington on the Navajo Res on a private ranch right off of the Res, um, these on the San Juan River. So while we're out there, it was uh, me, uh, Crypto Four Corners. Um, J.C. Johnson, we had Jack Carey, uh, George Harvey, uh, he was a local uh, Navajo tracker uh, he, that we all worked together. Uh, we had Christopher Nicholas and a few more individuals. Robert Kreider was there. Um, he bought his toys, night vision, and all that fun stuff. 
and we were just there that night to uh, submit DNA, have some DNA findings that we we're going to be submitting to the university for uh, genome studies. We weren't planning on doing any investigating uh, while we were there. It was, it was more of a get-together of all those researchers, you know, and turning our, our evidence and, you know, hang out. But I can't sit still if we're somewhere Bigfoot has been reported. I'm like, why aren't we walking around, man? There's freaking Bigfoot here, you know? I'm just like, <laughs> right. I can't sit here. Come on. So uh, me, me and Robert ended up going out, walking around, and I, I did call blasting. Uh, you know, or previous recordings of what we believe were Sasquatch vocalizations. So I put it on the speaker and was playing it real loud to pretty much announce to them, hey, we know you're here. I wasn't trying to fool them to thinking that we're Bigfoot. So they responded, you know, with calls and they moved in. And so we ended up, me and Robert, going out to look for them to see if we could, you know, find them, find Bigfoot. So we get to this little uh, offshoot canal, nasty little canal that's off the, the, the river, and uh, there's this rickety, rickety bridge over it made out of, you know, like PVC pipes and foil or something. It was, it was pretty rickety. And uh, Robert wants to go into this, uh, it looks like, a, I guess, a uh, animal trail that leads by the canal. They just goes into this creepy dark darkness that just did not look inviting to me. And I was like, Robert, you go ahead and do that. I will just make sure no Bigfoot's cross this bridge, okay? You just go do what you do. <laughs> I'll be right here. Uh, so uh, it was a full moon. It was about 22 degrees. Uh, it was, you know, two, like one, two or two in the morning. Uh, and I'm just hanging out there on the bridge. And it's, you know, really bright because of the moon, full moon. And right in front of me to the right is this, like, you know, high bushes right by the canal. And I hear a rustling in the bushes, and I'm like, what's that? It, you know, I'm like, it could be a bear, it could be a cougar, heck, it could be a chupacabra. I don't know what it is because I can't see it, but I know there's something big moving around in the bushes, and that's, you know, kind of freaking me out. So <clears throat> I'm thinking, I'm like, what if it's a Bigfoot, though, right? That'd be so cool, of course. So I'm like, what could I do that a Bigfoot could do because I know they like to mimic? You know, they have a high, there's lots of reports of them, you know, copying people's voices uh, with, uh, with David Pilates, 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 uh, with, you know, Missing 411, you know, he talks about, you know, women's voices being, you know, calling the little kid, the little kid singing to their mom, and their mom never called them, you know? So I'm like, well, maybe the Bigfoot will, you know, do something that I do. So I, I pulled out some things in my pocket, and I looked towards the bush, and I, and I went, you know, tap, tap, tap. And I waited. I did it again. Tap, tap, tap. And it tapped back. I don't know what it did with its teeth or it got through rocks. I don't know. But it did it back to me. Tap, tap, tap. And I'm like, oh, that's a big one right there. <clears throat> that's, you know, pretty crazy. Right, yeah, you're uh, getting immediate response, sure. Yeah, well, was it going to, you know, was a raccoon doing it? I, I don't think so. You know, bears, they smack their teeth. You know, I'm familiar with the, you know, with, with the local fauna. My mom works for the forest department. So I know, I know animals and tracks and all that stuff so i'm like that's a bit but they you know they made, we heard them make their calls this place was reported as many sightings finding bigfoot even went there at some point didn't find it but they, they visited too because it's, it's that area is real hot so i do it again tap 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 because i'm curious and communicating with them i'm not i'm not worrying about shooting them or nothing like that i want to i want to talk to these dudes you know they have a language i want to learn you know see what the heck they're saying what you know what's what the, they can tell us 
what the heck they are. We don't know. We're still trying to figure it out. So, you know, that's a good start in my book. You know, I'm like, we'll just start right there. Tat-tat. Right, okay. So, uh, to me, it's a form of the communication. They're, they're, I'm showing them intent that I'm not trying to hurt them. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm trying to actually talk to them. So, we do this back and forth about, I don't know, five or six times. And I, I'm just like, you know, elated. So, I, I call to Robert. I'm like, Robert, get over here. He's like, dude, come in here. It's real squatchy. Just come this way. I'm like, dude, <laughs> real no, squatchy. You come here. We, we have I about two minutes one. left, too, uh, Jesus, you know? just so you know. Yep. <laughs> right? So um, I, after me having to tell him several times, he finally comes over, and he's all, bro, come on, let's go in there. He's like, I found a good spot. That's where they lay down. I'm like, dude, it's right there. And he looks at me, and he's like, all right, Jesus, come on, let's go in here. <laughs> Stop being crazy, Jesus. And I'm like, no, really, it's right there. Watch, watch. So I do the tap, tap, tap thing again, right? And I go tap, tap, tap. And nothing happens. I do it again. Tap, tap, tap. And nothing happens. I'm like, oh, hell no, not not now. Come on. And Rob is just looking at me like I'm just, you know, making this stuff up. So I do it one more time really loud at the bush. Tap, tap, tap. And it does it back. But just one loud tap. Tap. And Robert's eyes just open. I'm like, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> now, were you smelling anything? Was there any other senses that were being triggered? No, not at all. There was no, the, that, the, the smell that people smell wasn't, I wasn't getting no uh, feeling of uh, it wanting to hurt me. Nothing like that. I was just, just excited. Just you know, like, so cool. There's a big Bigfoot right there, you know? And so Robert, being the wacky guy he is, he just leaps off the bridge into the bush and goes after it. Which I can I couldn't believe. Right. And the the we've uh, only got about thirty seconds left in the segment, just so you're aware. All right. So Biffle gets up and takes off and he goes after it. I go around the corner and say, I'll head him off at the pass. And we go down, we follow the noise, and the Bigfoot eventually stops and there's two more Bigfoots in there. And Oof. he goes around the corner Robert goes around the corner and one comes out at me while I'm stepping left and right and I see a Bigfoot ten feet in front of me and it's about seven foot four. Yikes. So you're up. Okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll come back and find out what happens when you chase down a Bigfoot only to find that it's got friends and they're there. We'll talk with our guest, Reverend Jesus Pion. When we return, you're listening to the best in paranormal talk radio. This is Darkness Radio. Darkness Radio. 